Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I heard an old, old story. Hello, welcome. This is Jerry McGee, Abiding Life Ministries. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. Uh, we'll be teaching on the first and third, third, uh, third Tuesdays. I'm sorry, I don't know why I say the wrong thing. Tuesdays of each month. And uh, we'll be teaching uh, principles of the overcoming life. You know, many people are overcome because the Bible says that without knowledge, uh, my people perish, God says, and knowledge is the truth that sets me free. John, uh, Jesus said in John 8, if we abide in his word, we're truly his disciples, and we will know the truth, and the truth will make us free. And so tonight I want to be sharing on barriers to healing. You know, there's reasons why we don't get healed. A barrier is a restricting, a re- something that restricts or blocks or hinders our healing. And behind all sickness is sin, either our sin or the generational iniquities of the forefathers. The Bible says the sins of the fathers pass on to the children, to the third and fourth generation. And so tonight I want to begin by teaching on barriers to healing. Um, So, But let's pray first. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just come before your throne. Father, I pray that the eyes of our heart be enlightened. I pray that even as I share on barriers to healing, that people will hear, uh, that they'll receive instruction. Father, that this truth will, will set them free in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask for your divine touch upon every life. I cover every person, uh, myself, Dorothy, her family, and my family with the blood of Jesus. I cover every person who's listening in with the blood of Jesus. Father, I ask you to send forth your ministering angels into every home, every car, wherever anyone's listening, Father, uh, into my house, into Dorothy's house. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you said if we commit our way to you, that um, you will establish our thoughts. We thank you for the word of God, Lord, that you said will go forth from my mouth like a fire and like a hammer that breaks rock. Tonight, Lord, I ask that I be a tree of life, that rivers of living water come forth from my innermost being. I pray, Lord, that you take human 
ears and cause them by the power of your Holy Spirit to hear more than they can normally hear. Take human words, Lord, and because of the power of your Holy Spirit, let them say more than they can normally say. Lord, even if I say it wrong, I pray they will hear it right in the name of Jesus. And I bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places from every person who's listening in, in Jesus' name. I bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth. I forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us in the name of Jesus. I bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over Dorothy, myself, over her family, my family, over every person who's listening in. We we pray, Father, that your holy angels will boomerang back upon every uh, upon the enemy, every curse and assignment that's sent against us, not to kill them, hurt them, and harm them, but so that they'll fear God and turn away from evil. Father, we bless every person who's listening in with salvation in the name of Jesus, with healing, with deliverance in the name of Jesus. Bless us, Lord, to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow you. And, Lord, we just bind the strong man over every life in Jesus' name. In Matthew 7, it's, it says, Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. And knock, and it shall be open unto you. In John 14:13, it says we can ask Jesus for anything, and he'll do it. In Isaiah 53, it says that Jesus Christ died on Calvary, shed his precious blood, that, that your pains, your sorrows, your distresses, your diseases would be healed, that by his stripes you're healed. And that's confirmed in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 8 and also in Second Peter 2.24 where it says, Christ died that we, that we might die to sin, live to righteousness, and by his stripes be healed. And so by his stripes we're healed, but we have to die to sin and live to righteousness. And sin is behind all sickness, and also it's behind our reason to why we need deliverance. And I have, to, have yet to meet any person that didn't need deliverance. Uh, deliverance is the children's bread. You know, the woman came to Jesus, and she was a Gentile, and she asked that Jesus would heal her daughter. Her daughter was not even there. And Jesus said, it's not right that I give the children's bread to dogs. And, you know, Gentiles were called dogs. And she said, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs from, uh, from the floor of your table. And he said, I've never seen such faith. said, go, your daughter is healed. I think the interesting thing about this, Jesus is saying that deliverance and healing is the children's bread. And the daughter was not even there. And, and Jesus, because the mama asked for prayer for, her, for the daughter, that the demon would go out of her daughter, um, her daughter was healed and delivered and she wasn't even uh, there on the scene. And so that's an encouraging prayer for us to pray for our children that are not here, that God will set them free, that God will use them mightily. I don't know about you, but my greatest desire for my children, my descendants and their mates is that they serve God. And God says the children of the righteous are blessed. The children of the righteous um, will be delivered. The loving kindness of the Lord goes to the thousand generation of those who keep covenant with him and remember his precepts to do them. So Jesus died at Calvary. And so whenever we, um, we're in need of healing, we just need to appropriate what Jesus has already done for us because he said, by your stripes, you're already healed. And you, you may say, like I've said, well, Lord, I don't look very healed. Um, 
But, you know, healing is a walk of faith. Abraham called things that are not as if they were. And Jesus said in, in Matthew, I'm sorry, in Mark 11, um, if you, you, you can speak to a mountain and it'll move, and the mountain's whatever your problem is, if you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe what you say. Many times we say things that we really believe which are contrary to healing. You know, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so many of us have prayed and prayed and prayed and confessed and confessed and confessed by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. And, of course, some people haven't even done that. But for those of us who've confessed by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed, and we don't see anything happening, we need to start begin to, first of all, if you need healing um, and you ask Jesus to heal you and you're not healed, you need to go to the elders of the church, let them anoint you with oil and the prayer of faith in the name of Jesus, the Bible says, will raise up and heal the sick. And if they've committed any sin, uh, their sins will be forgiven. Uh, it goes on to say, confess your faults to one another, pray for one another, that you might be healed, for the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so not only do we go and have um, get anointed with oil, but we need to confess our sin because um, if there's unconfessed sin in our life, then uh, uh, then the Bible says if we regard iniquity in our heart, God will not hear our prayers. And so, but he tells us to ask and receive, seek and find, meet, uh, knock, and the door will be open unto us. So it's a process of a walk of faith, of asking, um, um, seeking, and then receiving what Jesus has done for us at Calvary. And so if after we've anointed with oil and we've asked Jesus to heal us and we're still sick, we need to begin to look for the spiritual roots to why we are sick or why we have not been healed. And, and so this is a message is on the barriers uh, to healing, and it's not necessarily, they're not necessarily in order, but I just want to go through some of the barriers of healing. And if, if you're listening in and you want prayer, you can call in at the end of the program, call 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1, and I'll be happy to personally pray for whoever calls in. And so I'll do that at the end of the program. And so um, the scripture says, if any two agree upon anything that's touching heaven or earth, it will be done to them. You know, there's been times when I've asked God to heal me for something, and I, I knew God could, but I thought maybe he probably wouldn't. And so there was unbelief and doubt in my heart. And so we have to, for, for, for this scripture of, of Mark 11 to work, we have to believe what we say. And, you know, if we're sick, we're probably believing that we're sick instead of, of standing on what God's word says. <clears throat> There's a difference between fact and truth. The truth is, um, or the facts may be, I'm sick, but the truth is, God says, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. And it's a walk of faith, and it's not an easy thing to walk it out. Things I'm walking out myself, and it's not an easy thing. When I first was diagnosed with a particular problem, with an eye problem back in 2008, I 90% believed that Jesus could, but he probably wouldn't. Uh, and only 10% believed that Jesus uh, would heal me. And after God teaching me things over these past years, here it is 2017, and I began this walk in 2008. Um, but now I can say that I 95% believe that Jesus will heal me, and I only 5% doubt. And so you see, 
without a clear conscience, it's impossible to have strong faith in God. So if I can say by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed and there's still a doubt there, I have to believe what I say that by his stripes I'm healed. And so it's a process, and I thank the Lord that he's working unbelief out of me. You know, there was a man that came to Jesus that I believe helped my unbelief. And so if that's where you are, ask God to strengthen your faith. That's what I'm doing. And as I said up front, a barrier is something that hinders or restricts healing. Um, I think probably one of the the greatest barriers to um, to healing and deliverance and even to salvation is an unforgiving heart. You know, do yourself a favor and forgive. Forgiveness is not an emotion. It's a choice. I choose to forgive. I don't have to feel like it. I don't have to really want to, but I choose to do it because I love Jesus more than I love a demon of unforgiveness. And so when I don't forgive and I hold a grudge and I let the sun go down on my anger, uh, Ephesians 4.26 says, do not let the sun go down on your anger because you give a foothold to the devil. And so in every place I let the sun go down on my anger, I, I get put in a spiritual prison. And it opens me up to demon powers. Jesus said, if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. So that would include salvation. It would include healing. It it would include deliverance. Uh, If somebody hurts me, I've got till sundown to deal with it. And then then the next day, it becomes unforgiveness uh, because I have till sundown to get over my unforgiveness. And, And so... Uh, the next day, it's unforgiveness, and then the next day, um, it's bitterness, and bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for someone else to die. You know, there's a throne of grace we can go to. At the throne of grace, we get confirmed, cons- we get to, uh, confirmed, established, and perfected at the throne of grace, and, and the Bible says the humble get grace, and there's a throne of grace that we can go to to receive mercy and help in time of need. But we have to humble ourselves. And so when somebody hurts me, if I let the sun go down on my anger, I'm not going to the throne of grace. And so instead of going to the throne of grace, I come short of the grace of God, and I become a fainter in that particular area. The Bible says when God disciplines me, I'm not to lose heart. For it goes on to say that if I don't receive God's discipline, I'm a bastard. I'm not even God's son um, or God's child. And the scripture tells me that I'm to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. That means that I can't allow anger or bitterness or unforgiveness or depression or anything that's getting me down. I cannot allow that in my life. I need to find out why. And so uh, unforgiveness is probably the greatest barrier to healing. Uh, Another barrier to healing is unbelief and doubt. Um, it's, it's impossible to have a strong faith in God if I have unbelief and doubt in my heart. I remember years ago when I was pastoring a church, um, I got a creek in my back, and I kept thinking, well, the creek's going to work out. It'll eventually work out of my system. Well, it didn't, and so I had some people at church pray for me, and this little voice said, to, said inside me, you're not healed, and I wasn't. And so I just kept waiting during that next week to see if, you know, the the creek would go away, and it didn't. So one Sunday, uh, I got on my computer, and I pulled up all the scriptures on back, and I re- there's about 300 of them. I repented over each one, and uh, when I got through, uh, I was dressing to get ready to go to church, 
and this little voice said, you're, you said you're healed. And it's like my spirit man went, yes, I couldn't doubt it, even though I still had a crick in my back. But by the time I got to church, that was already gone. You see, when my conscience was clear, um, I received the gift of faith. And so that's why if you're listening and you have unbelief and doubt, keep on um, asking God to show you why. Keep on repenting. First John um, 1, 9 says, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And so keep on repenting and keep on confessing. The more you repent, the more you confess, the healthier you'll be, the happier you'll be, and the more delivered you'll be. Um, and so it's important to have a clear conscience. And so if you're, if you're listening to me and you're believing God to heal you of something, but there's that little, that voice that says you're not healed, you're not. But keep on uh, seeking God for answers. One thing I've done is until I had cataract surgery in July and October of this year, I hadn't been to the doctor in 26 years. And I'm not saying that to boast or give glory to myself because I humbly, I'm humbly sharing that with you to give you hope that Jesus is the great physician. And when I um, went for a, when I went to the dentist and filled out to, uh, uh, the thing, the health record, when I filled out this Medicare thing, uh, the health record, I was able to say, praise God, I, I did not have one thing on that list, one physical problem on that list. And I attribute that to God teaching me about repenting, living a repentant lifestyle. Am I perfect? Oh, my goodness. You know, when I first got saved, I thought probably I did God a favor. But the more I walk with God, the more I think, dear Lord, why did he even save me? And so I'm, I'm not saying this because I'm righteous or I'm a work in progress just like every human on this earth. And I'm working out my salvation with fear and trembling, and I trust that you are too. But, um, but I want to tell you that God says he sent his word to heal you. In Psalms 107, it says there were those who dwelt in misery and in the, in, the, in the chains of death prisoners in misery and change because they had rebelled against the Lord. And then it says, uh, you know, they, they cried out to the Lord in their distresses. And then it said he sent his word to heal them. Jesus is the word. John 1, 1 says, uh, says that, that Jesus is the word of God. In the beginning was the word. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So when we get in the word of God and start repenting over the word of God, it's creating an atmosphere of, Je- uh, of Jesus and he heals us. And deliverance is just John 4, James 4, 7. Give yourself to God and resist the devil and he'll flee. And so that's deliverance in a nutshell. And so uh, over the years, and, and as I said, I hadn't been to the doctor or had take, hadn't taken any medication in 26 years. And, um, and so what I what do, though, is I look wherever the body, whatever body part is, needing healing i look that <clears throat> i look up that body part in the bible or if the body part's not in there i look up the symptom symptoms and i begin to repent over the word of god and when my youngest son died of aids in 1989 i had a sinus infection that probably lasted about a, a year and a half and uh, i knew because i had never been sick hardly in my life i knew that god wasn't pleased about something and so um i finally <clears throat> I went to the I went to the doctor and he gave me some um um oh some 
uh, medicine for allergies, and uh, it was an antibiotic, and it was causing my causing me to to gain weight. And I just thought, I'm not taking this if I never do get well. So I just got in the Word. I pulled up every symptom I had, and it took me three days to repent over the Word of God. And I repented and confessed the Word. And after three days, and I had about a two two inch high stack of computer sheets where I had printed out all the scriptures on on a pride and nose and mouth and all the parts of, of a water fluid because uh, there was just clear fluid in my head. And I, after three days, it took me three days to repent over those scriptures, and I was totally healed at the end of three days. And that's what I've done over the years when I've needed healing. And I'm still doing uh, scriptures over my eyes. I'm still repenting over eye scriptures, and I've repented over thousands of them and had I not been repenting, I probably would have um, a worse situation than I have. And I thank God that my eyes are improving. I bless the Lord for that. I give him all the glory. And so I'm sharing this not to glorify myself, but to give you hope that the word of God is the answer to your problem. For example, how you would repent over the word would be, say, just take Proverbs 3, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. The way I would repent over that, I would say, Lord, forgive me for not trusting you with my whole heart. Uh, Forgive me for leaning to my own understanding. Forgive me, Lord, for not acknowledging you in all my ways. Um, Forgive me for not turning away from um, sin so that I can be healed. And that I would ask God to forgive me, and then I would forgive my forefathers for doing the very same thing break soul ties with my forefathers, and I can do that within 20 minutes, and tears are running. Clear water is running from my nose and from my eyes, and that's what it means to be washed with water in the Word. So even if you're, whether you've got a physical problem or not, repent over the Word of God. As you read the Word of God, repent over the Word of God, and God will heal you eventually because He desires to heal you. But there's places in all of our lives where we have violated the word of God. I know another time for about two weeks I could barely walk, and I thought, well, it's because I'm almost 80 years old. And I thought, well, it's because you're almost 80. And so uh, one day I repented over every scripture on pride, walk, uh, cripple, lame, uh, path, uh, legs, anything that had to do. Uh, with my problems, the end of the day, I was totally healed. And I can stand up, praise God, for for hours and not even be tired. I thank the Lord for that. The, the God, wants us to, God wants us to go from strength to strength and glory to glory, and we can do that if we walk in repentance. And so I praise God for that. I praise God that he sent his word to heal me. I praise God for deliverance. And it's really important uh, if you've never gone through deliverance, do self-deliverance. That's what I do. 99% of my deliverance has been just self-deliverance, repenting over the word of God. And so unbelief is another barrier to healing. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Another barrier to healing is living a fruitless life. You know, many people uh, maybe go to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, you know, you've got, uh, you've got uh, a, been given a death curse. You've got something terminal. And so 
the question is, would, when they get out of the, if, they, if God would heal them, would they go back to being a couch potato or would they go back to living a, a fruitful life? You know, it says in uh, Luke chapter 13, uh, Jesus tells a parable of a man who had a vineyard. And when he came looking for tr- fruit on the vineyard, there was no fruit. So he tells the vineyard keeper, and this is in Luke 13, he said, cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? It's worthless, useless. And the vineyard keeper said, well, let me, Lord, let, uh, let me dig around it and put in fertilizer and water it. And then next year, if it doesn't produce fruit, uh, then you cut it down. You know, it tells us in um, it tells us in John 15, the vine and we're the branches, and every branch in him produces much fruit. Um, and the fruit is the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. And, and then if, we, if it says if we don't bear fruit, we're cut off. It says in um, Matthew chapter 7, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down. And, of course, Psalms 1 says we're trees. And I'm going to quote the Living Bible of Psalms 1 says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the place of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And day and night he meditates uh, on the on the word, and he's like a tree planted along a riverbank, always bearing luscious fruit each season without fail. So it's telling us in, in Matthew chapter 7, if we don't... Um, if we don't bear fruit, we're cut down. And so um, there's people that are given a death sentence, and the question is, if, if God healed you, would you, go, would you go back to your old life, or would that be a, a life-transforming thing where you begin to bear fruit for the Lord? And so we bear fruit when we deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow the Lord. I remember in 1978, my mother was not born again, and she had... She got uh, ovarian cancer, and we were in the I was staying in the hospital with her. And she said, "Jerry, I don't think if I died this minute that I would go to heaven." And I led her to the Lord. And this was in '78. And my mother lived until the year 2000, and uh, began to produce fruit. She got into Bible study fellowship. She began to read the Bible, and uh, her life became fruitful. You know, you don't have to be in the ministry to have a fruitful life. I mean, you can just walk just reach out and love people. You know, love covers a multitude of sin. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. Love is not jealous, boastful, rude, doesn't seek its own way. Love uh, forgives, love never fails. And so living a fruitless life uh, is another barrier to healing. So I ask you, are you living a fruitless life? Or are you producing fruit for the Lord? And if you're not, today it's not too late. Uh, so um, the fruit is the fruit of the Holy Spirit And that's the character and nature of Jesus Produced in you as you deny yourself And take up the cross and follow the Lord Another barrier to healing is death wishes uh, making, Wishing you were dead Wishing someone else was dead You know if we make a vow Or wish we're dead Or want to kill ourselves Then we open ourselves up to a spirit of death Just a few days ago I ministered to a precious man That had lost everything financially because he had been bailing his brother who had been on drugs, been enabling his brother and maybe his mother. And uh, he had no purpose. He said, I just think I'd be better off if I was dead. And uh, anyway, he got delivered. He repented of wanting to die. You know, if you want to die, uh, I can tell you, you're not, you're not ready to face eternity. 
because the promises of God are to the overcomer. And I believe salvation is for the overcomer. Jesus died that we might overcome all the things that, that overcome us. Uh, he, the promises of God are not to those that are overcome. It's to the overcomer. And so God wants us all to overcome. And we can only overcome as we get on the potter's wheel, yield to him, and he, he produces the fruit in us. Another barrier to healing is a sorrow that leads to death. Um, you know, there's a sorrow that leads to lot to repentance, and there's a sorrow that leads to death. And so if I'm just sorry and I regret my life and I regret everything and I don't take it to the throne of grace, that's a sorrow that leads to death. But the sorrow that leads to repentance, it means to take all of my sorrow, all my grief, all my sadness, all my pain to the throne of grace by humbling myself and asking God what he's trying to teach me through the sorrow, letting go of my life that I might find it. Um, and so there's a sorrow that leads to repentance. There's a sorrow that leads to death, opens us up to a spirit of death. You know, grief, if it's not dealt with, will open you up to sickness and death. Um, there's a time that God gives us to grieve, but if grief continues on and on and on without end, it opens us up to sickness. Another uh, barrier to healing is just being a negative person. You know, negative people are just un- ungrateful. Uh, instead of seeing the beauty, the beauty of the day, they can always find something wrong with it, and that's not faith. Another uh, barrier to healing is being a person who won't take correction. And I see the church is full of people like that. Um, you know, religious people, they just deal with the outward appearance to make sure they have the right outward look, but they don't ever deal with heart issues. They may believe in Jesus with their head, but there has not been a heart change. And so uh, there's people, in fact, it grieves me. I know people that are sick right now, and if I tried to tell them what I know is wrong, they would say, yeah, but I don't really believe that, or yeah, but this, yeah, but that. You know, Jesus didn't come for religious folks. He came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And I've, I've discovered that people that are not even saved that are going to be one of the lost sheep of the house of, who are the lost sheep of the house of Israel, that's a person that is receptive to truth, even though they're a lost person. When you tell them the truth, they embrace it. But religious people don't do that. It's harder to talk to a church member, and, and I thank God for a church that is not like that. I thank God for a, a fellowship that, of believers that are praying people. But for the most part, many, many churches um, are full of people that are just believing Jesus with their head, and they, they never have a heart change. Uh, they never have a born again experience, and so God wants us to, uh, to uh, be born again, and that would be another barrier if you've never been born again. About ninety percent of church members are lost. Uh, they've never what they've believed in their head has never gotten down in their heart and transformed their heart. I accepted the Lord in nineteen um, in nineteen fifty eight at a Billy Graham crusade, but. Uh, my life didn't change, and uh, I just continued uh, uh, smoking and cussing and telling dirty jokes. And I, you know, but I believed in Jesus. But you know, the Bible says that even the demons and the devil believe in Jesus. And so I had received Jesus as Savior, was baptized, but I wasn't saved till I was 25 years old. I was 18 when I accepted the Lord, but I didn't get saved until I was 25 years old. And I began to read the Bible looking for answers to my sister's problems. And I was born again by the word of God. 
And when I got to the scripture that says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, all things pass away and behold, all things become new. I thought, that's what's happened to me. I wasn't even a church member. Um, but anyway, I was born again in the word of God. And I thank God for that. And I've loved the word of God ever since. In fact, if you're a believer and you're not reading the Word of God, it's very important that you have an intimate relationship with the Lord and that you walk in holiness and righteousness before the Lord. The Bible says that without holiness, no man will see the Lord. So if you say you know the Lord and there's no holiness or righteousness in your life, then you're deceived. The Bible says you're deceived. And so so we need to see the sin in our life. Uh, and so that would be another barrier to healing is failure to see the sin in your life. Lester Roloff said behind every sin is sickness. Uh, there's no healing without sanctification. On the surface, you know, you might have repented of everything you know to repent of. And I can tell you I've repented of everything I know to repent of with my eyes. Uh, and Jesus is Lord of my life. But God looks down from heaven and he sees a lot of stuff I haven't dealt with. And it's the same with you. And so... And many times when you tell people that sin is behind sickness, I mean, they almost have a fit and fall in it. The very idea you can say, I'm a sinner. Um, but the Bible says, if you say you have no sin, you're a liar and the truth not in you. We all have stuff uh, buried down in our conscious mind, down in our hearts. Uh, and on the surface, we may be totally repentant. That's why it's important to look for spiritual re- roots to why we have sickness in our body or why we need deliverance. Another barrier to healing is prescription drugs. Uh, Prescription drugs and medical mistakes is number three and four killers of people in the United States. Um, And so every side effect becomes another disease. And, you know, I I was just asked back in July and October to take uh, some little eye drops uh, in my eyes uh, two drops a day, and uh, that so bombed me out. I looked at the, I looked at the side effects, and the side effects were. Now I was taking it for vision for, uh, for a, a diagnosis that they said I had, and I was taking this, and um, I looked up the side effects, and the side effects were blurred vision, weight gain, heart palpitation, muscle weakness, tiredness, and fatigue. And uh, it was absolutely, had almost took away my motivation for anything. And so the Lord told me to stop taking it, and I did. And so that that was the first medication that I had taken in 26 years, except what they, you know, they, when you go through cataract surgery for a couple of weeks, you have to put all kinds of drops in your eyes, which really doesn't help your vision, and it makes it worse, actually. But then healing comes. And so praise God. Um, I quit taking it, and the problem is normal now. So I thank the Lord for that. Uh, another uh, barrier to healing is sins with the tongue. The Bible says whoever uh, trouble, uh, see, the Bible says in Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Um, the tongue is a fire, the very world, world of iniquity, and it sets on fire the very course of our life. It tells us in James 3 that if we can control our tongue, we can control our whole body. And so that goes back to you have what you say. You know, in uh, James 3, it talks about the tongue being a rudder. It talks about a ship, that the rudder guides a ship, and so we're the ships, and the rudder is our tongue. And so 
if we don't like the course our life is taking, we need to change the rudder on our, uh, which is our tongue. And we can't tame the tongue until we find out why we say what we say. Until you get the heart purified, you can't tame the tongue because what's in the heart comes out the mouth. Uh, what's in your thought life is coming out of your heart. And so you can get the heart pure, and that will change your tongue, and that will also change your thought life. Another barrier to healing is a soul that's not prospering. Third John chapter uh, 1 says, uh, Beloved, I want above all that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul, which is your psyche or your thought life, uh, as your soul prospers. Uh, you can your So your health and your prosperity will be in accordance with uh, a prospering soul. And the way your soul prospers is through the Lord, word of God. Another uh, barrier to healing is unconfessed sin. First uh, John 1, 9 says, If you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Um, and uh, another barrier to healing is, is covering over sin, hiding your sin. You know, sweeping things under the rug, that's where it's going to stay. And things fester when you don't get things out in the open and confess your sin to God and you sweep it under the rug and you don't deal with issues, then uh, the Bible says that you'll not prosper. Proverbs 28:13 says, he who covers over his sin will not prosper. Uh, Proverbs 32 says, when I I'm sorry, Psalms 32 says, when I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away, which it means it became old and worn out. Another barrier to healing is failure to find the spiritual root to things. Uh, Proverbs uh, 25 says, the glory, of, the glory of God is to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search a matter out. So there's things that are hidden and we, that we need to search them out. We need to dig for them. It tells us in Proverbs that, um, that we need to dig for gold. I mean, we need to dig for wisdom like we would silver and gold or we need to seek wisdom like we would uh, seek silver or gold. If somebody told us we had silver and gold buried out in our backyard, we'd have a shovel out there digging it up. So God's saying, hey, you need to seek wisdom more than you seek silver or gold. Another barrier to healing is ignorance of God's word. Uh, Hosea 4, 6 says, my people perish for the lack of knowledge because they reject knowledge. Um, Isaiah 5 13 says therefore my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge and of course knowledge is the truth that sets me free uh another bear to healing is fear which is really unbelief a uh, fear is really trusting what the devil's telling you instead of what god tells you uh, the way i deal with fear and this really can you can live free of fear you know jesus says you give up your life you find it you hold on to your life you lose it um, in First um, John 5, I believe it's First John 5, it says this is the confidence you can have toward him. If you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. And if he hears you, you already have what you asked for. So would you agree that it's God's will that he be glorified and that if you pray that God be glorified, that prayer will for sure be answered? And, of course, that's true. And so what I do is when fear comes, I say, Lord, do you hear what the devil's telling me? Lord, if that would glorify you the most, let that happen, that good thing happen, or let it happen, or don't let it happen. But whatever would bring you the greatest glory and honor, Lord, that's what I ask for. 
and I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. You cannot hinder it. You cannot cause me to have it or not have it in the name of Jesus. And this will work with her. It works with depression. It works with, um, you know, when something's going on in your life and something's bothering you, I always say, Lord, if it glorified you the most for so-and-so to keep treating me the same old way, then let them. The devil, you're bound in Jesus' name. I guess the most re- one of the most recent um, things I prayed was my grandson, who I knew was called into the ministry, was going to go into the Marines when he got out of uh, the University of Texas when he graduated. And, uh, and, it's, uh, and it was so honorable that he wanted to serve his country, but I knew he was called to the ministry. And so that grieved me for about three months um, because at that time the president we had and the, some of the rules in the military that even if you had gone to the military and, and you would be a chaplain, you would be hindered about telling people about Jesus. And so I grieved about that for about three months. And then finally I just said, Lord, if it glorify you the most for my grandson to be in the Marines, I ask you in the name of Jesus to put him in the Marines. The devil, you cannot put him there in Jesus' name. And, you know, I never worry about it. I never even give it another, gave it another thought. And within three or four months, he had hurt his knee. And, of course, I didn't pray that he would hurt himself. But that ended his military career. And I can tell you that works uh, with fear. It works with anger. It works with hurt. Uh, uh, because you're really giving up your life. And Jesus said if you give up your life, you'll find it. You hold on to your life and you'll lose it. And basically that's what Abraham did with Isaac. Uh, God told uh, Abraham to take his only son up the mountain and um, to put a knife to him. And he told his servants before he went up the mountain, he said, my son and I, will, will uh, we're going up yonder to worship, which is a, it's an act of worship. We're going up to worship and we'll return. And see, God had told Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. So he knew even if he killed his son, he would be coming back down the mountain because Isaac was going to be the father of many nations. And so he had faith. And so when you have a fear or anything that makes you angry or anything that hurts you or if somebody rejects you or things aren't going the way you think they ought to go, take it up the mountain and tell the Lord to let it happen. But tell the devil he can't, he can't hinder it from happening and he could not hinder God from being glorified. And God always will answer that prayer. Now, sometimes there's been a few things I've had to take up the mountain more than once. But when you really mean it, it's the perfect love that casts out fear. It's saying, God, I trust you so much with my life that you know what I need, when I need it, if I need it, when to give it to me. And that's the perfect love that casts out fear. And it will also work with anything else that's troubling you. It's, in John 12, it says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. So that's the way we produce fruit is we're willing to die to our life that the life of Christ might be manifested in our life. Another barrier to healing is a soul tie. A soul tie is a connection in the spirit realm. It can be connected like a thread, like a string, like a rope, like a cable, like a chain, depending on the depth of sin that you've been involved with with another person. And through soul ties, you can carry the sickness of whoever you have a soul tie with. You can carry the mental problems, the demons, the familiar spirits, the depression, the, the addiction of whoever you have a soul tie with. And so when I break soul ties, it's like through a soul tie, they get a part of you and you get a part of them. And so I always call back my soul and my human spirit from them, and I send back their soul 
and their human spirits back to them, and I exchange their image for the image of Christ. And you don't have to break it that way. Half of the Holy Spirit shows you to break it. Uh, that's just how I do it. And I got that idea when I was reading Psalms 106 where it talked about the children of Israel exchanged their image for an image of an ox that ate grass. And it tells us in Romans 8, uh, 28, that everything works together for good to those that love the Lord, to the called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew he predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. So the purpose of why we go through what we go through is to be conformed into the image of Christ. And so when we have a soul tie, we receive the image of the person we have a soul tie with. So that's why I exchange uh, their image for the image of Christ. Um, another, um, another barrier to healing is trusting in man. Jeremiah 5 says, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his arm. And so if I'm trusting the medical, and I'm not telling you to go to the doctor or not go to the doctor, that's between you and uh, you and the Lord. But if that if your trust is in a man or in a doctor, can I tell you, they can't help you. All they can do is make you comfortable or dope you up or cut it out or move it around or sew it up. But doctors are not the great physician. And when you take all the medications that you're given with all those side effects, Every side effect becomes another disease. And side effects of medication is the third in, in the, I'm sorry, side effects of medication and medical mistakes is number three and four killers of people in the United States. The first is, is um, heart disease. The second is cancer. Number three and four is prescription drugs and, um, and medical mistakes. And every side effect uh, of the drugs is another disease. And, for example, you continue taking these medications that cause these side effects, and then, for example, it can affect your heart. It can affect different parts of your body. I was thinking about this when I, when I was praying about, should I take these eye drops? Because if it causes heart palpitation, and also my blood pressure got lower, which it's normal, but it's still a little bit lower for me. But... Um, if you continue taking things, it causes heart palpitation, muscle weakness, a blurred vision, um, et cetera, et cetera, all these different things. Uh, if those are side effects and I continue to take it, in my opinion, um, it could eventually cause another problem somewhere else in my body uh, through a side effect. And so if you're taking prescription drugs or even illegal drugs, you know, illegal drugs is only about the 10th uh, killer of people in the United States, prescription drugs. Almost everybody's taking prescription drugs today. And if you're taking psychiatric medicine and you want to kill yourself, that's one of the side effects of psychiatric medicine. Besides that, making you docile to where you want to kill yourself. I know people that have killed themselves taking psychiatric medicine because they were depressed. They would have never killed themselves if they had been not doped up on psychiatric medicine. Um, Another uh, barrier to healing is taking the Lord's Supper with sin in your life. It says in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that if we take the Lord's Supper with sin in our life, some are weak, some are sick, and some even die. And, you know, that's not even taught in the church today. I, I've, I read that reading the Word of God. And after I read that, when I got saved, I, I read the Holy Testament, and I was born again. 
I saw that scripture, and that scripture registered in my heart. And after that, uh, I would have never take the Lord's Supper without making sure I was confessed up and prayed up. And, you know, if, if, for example, that's not taught in most churches today. But say you even say people even know about that, and they, and they, they know they've got sin in their life, and they know they shouldn't take the Lord's Supper. But because of their pride, they don't want people to think that, um, that there's sin in their life, so they'll go ahead and take it anyway. So if you've taken the Lord's Supper with sin in your life, you need to repent of that because it's opened you up to weakness, sickness, and even death. Another barrier to healing is participating in occult worship, uh, worshiping false gods, making covenants with people who worship false gods, being in false religions, religions that deny the deity and blood atonement of Jesus Christ, participating in being in the Freemasonry or uh, Eastern Star or Demolay or lodges or sororities or fraternities uh, uh, are, are classified occult, making covenants to false gods, uh, being in witchcraft or uh, nowadays the schools are full of books like Harry Potter, um, books like Poltergeist, uh, Harry Potter, all these witch, witchcraft games. If you've got children and your children are playing these video games, most of them are witchcraft, opening them up to demon spirits. And so, parents, you need to repent of what you're bringing into your house, what you're letting your kids watch, and what you're letting them read. Um, God, God is appalled. These things are an abomination to God. Another thing is bringing a cold things into your home. Uh, it tells us in Deuteronomy 4.16 that you're not to act corruptly and make graven images. The likeness of any animals on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the, in the sky, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the water below the earth. It says in uh, Deuteronomy 4.19, And beware not to lift up your eyes to heaven and see the sun and the moon and the stars and the hosts of heaven and be drawn away and worship them and serve them, those which the Lord your God has commanded you, all the peoples under the whole, has, has, I'm sorry, which the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the whole earth under the whole heaven. Acts 19.19 talks about how the children of Israel, they brought all their occult books and their occult paraphernalia and burned it. And it says the gospel grew, the gospel spread. Deuteronomy 7.25 through 26 says the graven images of their gods are to burn with fire. You shall not covet the silver or the gold that's on them, nor take it for yourselves, or you will be snared by it, for it is abomination to the Lord your God. Bill Gothard tells the story of a man who had a very prosperous business. Um, I mean, business was booming, and he went to a foreign country and came back with all kinds of occult um, objects from foreign countries. He didn't know it was they were occult. But anyway, all of a sudden, he almost lost his business. His business fell off. And so when we bring in a cursed thing in our house, it takes away the peace, and it can be something that will make us sick. And Deuteronomy 7.26 says, anyway, this man heard at a Bill Gothard seminar that what he had in his house was uh, abomination to God. He went home, threw it away, and his business began to prosper again. Deuteronomy 7.26 says, you shall not bring an abomination in your house and like it come under the ban or the curse. You shall utterly detest it 
and you shall utterly, uh, utterly abhor it, for it is something banned. Another uh, barrier to healing is spoken curses we speak on ourselves. If I had a nickel for every time I've said I was fat in my lifetime, uh, I could be rich. And so God doesn't want us to curse ourselves because we can control our whole body if we control our tongue. And so the only way we can control our tongue is to have our heart purified. Uh, another barrier to healing is generational iniquity to the forefathers. And that's something that I've dealt with in my particular uh, eye problems I've had. All of my forefathers had those problems. And so I'm constantly repenting over my sin and the generational iniquities of the forefathers. It says in Exodus 15, the sins of the fathers pass on to the children, to the third and fourth generation. You know, if you don't believe in curses, that Christians could have curses, you go to a doctor and he asks for uh, genealogy. He asks for um, uh, your your family's history. Is there any cancer in the family? Is there any high blood pressure? Is there any of this or is there any of that? And the world calls it genes, but God's word calls it curses. Curses are carried out by the by demons and holy angels uh, carry out the blessings. Another barrier to healing is pride. God says if we humble ourselves, he'll exalt us. Uh, he tells us to humble ourselves. It says he knows the haughty from afar. Um, it says in, in um, Job 41 that Satan's king over all the sons of pride. Another thing, another barrier to healing is failure to be anointed with oil. Um, failure to let anyone lay hands on you. The scripture says these signs shall follow those, believe, those who believe. They shall cast out devils, speak in new tongues, lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Another barrier to healing is idolatry. And where you and I wouldn't ever think, maybe, or maybe some of you are listening in might, but, but for the most part, uh, I would never think about in a Buddha or a Kali or a false god, Diana, or some false god, um, Baal. But, you know, the body of Christ, our false gods are, uh, you've got to love me. You've got to see how wonderful I am. You've got to value me. You've got to appreciate me. You can't reject me. Um, and so we, um, our false gods are whatever makes us angry. Uh, you know you have an idol if it makes you angry when you don't get it. Or if you have it, you fear you'll lose it. Or if you uh, don't have it, you fear you won't get it. Or if you, um, or, or if you're just depressed, you know we get depressed because we have this image in our mind that we think of how we think we ought to look, how we think our children ought to be, how we think our mate ought to be, how we think our life ought to be, our social standing, and we have this image in our mind or this picture in our mind, and then we look at our life, we look at ourselves, and we take a nosedive because we don't match up to our idol of what we think we ought to be like, and so. Uh, idolatry is another um, barrier to healing. Another is sitting under false teachers. It says in Luke um, 6.48, I believe. I'm not sure. I don't have the reference here. But I believe it's Luke 6.48 that says, after a man is fully trained, he becomes like his teacher. And if, you're, if your pastor is not under the teacher Jesus uh, and he's not teaching you repentance, you need to find another church. If you come to church and you're not hearing that you need to repent of your sin, you're not hearing from God and you need to go to another church. Uh, also, if you've got a physical problem and your church doesn't anoint people with oil, you need to find another church. Um, 
because if you're sitting under a spiritual harlot, you're going to be a spiritual harlot. And so don't sit under false teachers. Um, vexation of heart is another barrier to healing. Uh, Ecclesiastes 11.10 says, so remove vexation from your heart and you can put pain out of your body. Uh, there's physical pain, mental pain, emotional pain, uh, sexual pain. Uh, vexation means a sorrow. It means grief. It means provocation. It means hurt. And it means idolatry because when you have vexation, you haven't gone to God's throne of grace to deal with, come short of the grace of God, or you've buried it down in your subconscious memory. And there's been things that have hurt you, things that you may be stuffed or you've long forgotten. So you need to get to the root of vexation if you have pain in your body. Another is to failure to have people lay hands on you. Um, another is, an, is, is living a lifestyle of an angry, agitated personality. If you're a person that is just hot-tempered and you're constantly uh, losing your temper, the scripture says if you practice anger, you'll not even enter the kingdom of heaven because it's idolatry. It's rooted in, in idolatry. In fact, first, Samuel 15:23 says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and all iniquity is as idolatry. So all sin is is uh, idolatry. It says in Deuteronomy 32 that when they have idols, God turns them over to anger and unforgiveness. He turns up not I'm sorry. He turns them over to jealousy, he turns them over to anger, he turns them over to the teeth of beasts, over to hunger, to famine, to terror. And that's just the fruit of idolatry. Another is the lack of a persevering uh, and standing is that uh, you give up too quick. You get a little relief and you think, well, this isn't working. So then you take a nosedive and you just give up. We can't ever give up. We have to persevere. Another is living a lifestyle of unrest. Uh, in Deuteronomy 28, it says that there'll be no, one of the curses of disobedience to the voice of God and his commandments, it says, um, you will find no resting place for the sole of your feet. And there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing of eyes, and despair of soul. So you see, those things are curses. Failing eyes is a curse. Um, uh, no resting place for the sole of your feet is living a life of unrest. You know, God wants you to rest. Uh, the way we rest is just to yield to the potter. He's the potter and the clay just sits on the potter's wheel and lets the potter do what he wants to do. And that's where rest comes. In fact, uh, unrest is a curse because we've got the wrong yoke on our neck. Um, in Matthew eleven twenty-eight and 29, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon your neck and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble, and you shall find rest for your soul, for my burden is light and my load is easy. So if you're not in, if you haven't entered God's rest, you are wearing the wrong yoke. You can be wearing yokes of someone else. You can be wearing a yoke of iron, which is one of the curses in Deuteronomy uh, 28. You can be wearing your own self-inflicted yoke. And so God wants you to abide in Christ, which is a picture of staying under God's authority, which is a picture of rest. And the best way to describe that is God's the potter and you're the clay. Potter does all the work, and all the clay does is rest on the potter's wheel. And that's a picture of submitting yourself to the Lordship of Jesus. It's a picture of total surrender, letting coming under the control of the potter. And if when you do that, you can't miss God. You, you will fulfill the purpose of your creation. And so God wants you to rest. And um, 
Another thing is hardening your heart. You know, it says in Hebrews, today when you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart. You know, in, in the in parables of the sower, it was the hard heart that that uh, didn't produce. The, the seed that was planted on hard ground, the minute the, the sun, which, the, which represents the circumstances of life, hit it, 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 it withered. And so uh, God wants us to plow up the fallow ground and, and uh, seek righteousness. He wants us to plow up the fallow ground and receive the good seed of God's word, which would represent the, the good soil in Mark 4, Luke 8, and Matthew 13. Another barrier to healing is ingratitude, and we talked about negativity. But Psalms 50, verse 23 says, Whoso offers praise glorifies me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright, I will show him the salvation of God. Uh, so what we confess is so important. Um, and if you can remember, there's a difference between truth and fact. We confess God's word, which is the truth. The fact may be we're in pretty bad shape. But the truth is God's word. And the more we speak the word of God over our spiritual soil, we are planting. In Jeremiah 1, it says we're to pull down, uproot, and pluck out. And then we're to plant and rebuild. So the way we do that, the way we plant and rebuild, is to speak the word of God over our spiritual garden, to speak the seeds of God's word so they can produce fruit. And another um, barrier to healing is attention getting. There's people that want attention so bad that they don't want to get healed because if they got healed, they wouldn't get attention anymore. And so um, I used to have a ministry forum where I would have uh, people stay uh, while they were in the process of recovery. And I had attention getters come through the forum. And it was like they wanted attention so bad that they didn't really want to be healed. And so just know if you're a person that's wanting attention or craving attention, God has your back though all the time god looks at you he his eyes are on you and uh, he you have his full attention at all times and so another um another uh, marital healing can be being a caffeine addict or being addicted to something um because caffeine uh can cause adrenal failure and so if you also can cause high blood pressure it can cause uh, lower muscle mass, um, and so it can. And so, whenever you uh, take caffeine, it, it, what it does is increase the produ- production of cortisol in your body and keeps you in a fight or flight mode. And cortisol is a good thing, but if if your body is constantly in a fight or flight mode and your body keeps on producing cortisol, it can destroy your immune system. Uh, can cause high blood pressure, gives you a boost of energy, and then it kind of drops you, and then you're more tired than you were before. Before, I know in my own life, uh, it would cause um, indigestion. Also, my blood pressure was getting high, and the Lord showed me it was caffeine, and I haven't been on caffeine in probably two and a half years. And uh, God gives me more energy than I had before, so I'm thankful for that. Also can hinder your sleep, keeps you from burning calories. Um, and there's, there's, there's probably other barriers to healing. It's all rooted in sin, but there's different reasons. And so if you're listening, I would like you to pray with me, and then I'll do 
uh, some deliverance. So, so um, if you'll pray with me, uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you to forgive me for sin. Forgive me, Lord, for not forgive me for holding unforgiveness toward people. Uh, I choose to forgive every person that um, I'm holding unforgiveness toward. Forgive me for all the times I've let the sun go down on my anger. Lord, forgive me for unbelief and doubt. Forgive me for bitterness, letting the sun go down on my anger. God, forgive me for living a fruitless life. Lord, forgive me for wishing I was dead. Lord, would you please forgive me for the sorrow that leads to death and not the sorrow that leads to repentance. I bring all my sorrow to your throne of grace, Lord, and um, I just uh, let it go. I give it all to you. Forgive me for being a negative, ungrateful person. Uh, forgive me for being a person who won't take correction. Forgive me for perfectionism, for unbelief and doubt. Lord, in Jesus' name, forgive me for believing lies. Forgive me for um, taking drugs. Uh, give me wisdom, Lord, to seek out the, the the side effects of any drugs I'm on. And, and if I need to be off, Lord, go help me go to my physician. And, and ask him to help me get off the drugs. Uh, Father, forgive me for sins of the tongue. Forgive me for speaking death. Forgive me for not having a prospering soul. Forgive me for holding secret sin and covering over sin and covering over my sin. Lord, forgive me for um, not searching the matter out. Forgive me for not asking you what the problem is. Forgive me for ignorance of your word, perishing for the lack of knowledge. Father, I ask you to forgive me for fear, doubt, and unbelief, worry, anxiety, tension, stress, nervousness. Uh, God, I break soul ties with every person who's hurt me, every person I've hurt. I break soul ties. I cut with the sword of the spirit all soul ties. I call back my soul and spirit from any person I have a soul tie with, cleansed, sanctified, and made whole by the blood of Jesus. I send back their souls and their human spirits back to them. I exchange their image for the image of Christ. Forgive me for trusting in man. Uh, forgive me for anger and unforgiveness and bitterness. Forgive me for taking the Lord's Supper with sin in my life. Forgive me for participating in the cult. Uh, Lord, I, in a cult, forgive me. I, I renounce every religion that denies the blood atonement and the deity of Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, I renounce Freemasonry. I renounce um, lodges, sororities, fraternities, uh, cults. Lord, forgive me for letting my children and forgive me for occult books and witchcraft that I participated in. I renounce every false god that I and my forefathers have ever worshipped. I break all covenants to false gods, blood covenants, covenants of death in the name of Jesus. I nullify and make void and cancel every word of death, word of iniquity, curse assignment, satanic ritual spoken over me by any uh, people in these groups. Um, I, I nullify, make void, and cancel every word of death, word of iniquity, curse assignment, and ritual that I've spoken, that, the, that anyone made me speak or that uh, I spoke willingly. Forgive me for bringing a cursed thing into my house. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that if it's something I shouldn't have when in doubt, uh, I can throw it out and you'll take away my peace every time I look at uh, anything that's in my house that would displease you. 
Father, I take all my fears, all my anger, all the things that make me angry and things that hurt me, and um, I take all the um, all the fears, my fears up the mountain. And, Lord, I want you to be glorified, and if it bring you greater glory and honor for everybody to keep on treating me the same old way or for this bad thing the devil's telling me to happen, um, then let it happen. But, devil, you can't touch me in the name of Jesus. I want to stop here. I forgot to say this when I was teaching. But, you know, God says you have not because you ask not. And so if you just if there's no fear there, just ask the Lord for it, and he'll give you, if you abide in him, you can ask whatever you will, and he'll do it. But if there's a haunting, traumatizing fear or a hurt or something that troubles you, take it up the mountain like Abraham did Isaac. So, Lord, I take all my troubles up the mountain. I take all the people that have hurt me up the mountain, my mother and father up the mountain. Lord, I put myself on the altar. All my fears I take up the mountain. All the things that hurt me or make me angry, I take it up the mountain. And I say, Lord, if it would bring you greater glory and honor for these things to continue, so be it. But devil, you can't touch me in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I give up my life that I might find it. In Jesus' name, forgive me for bringing abominations into my house, uh, occult books. Forgive me for letting my kids uh, play video games that are occultic, witchcraft. I read the books that are occultic, uh, bringing a curse things into the house. Uh, Lord, I cancel every word of death, word of iniquity I've spoken over myself or that other people have spoken over me. Lord, forgive me for pride. Uh, Forgive me for failure to be anointed with oil or failure to have people lay hands on me. Forgive me for idolatry. God, forgive me for sitting under false teachers, for vexation of heart, not taking my my pain to you. Uh, Forgive me for not letting people lay hands, not having uh, ministers lay hands on me. believers to lay hands on me uh, forgive me for having living a lifestyle of an angry agitated personality forgive me for giving up too quick and not persevering uh, forgive me for living a lifestyle of unrest lord i ask you to break that curse of unrest off me and lord i come to you because i labor and i'm heavy laden and you said you'll give me rest your yoke on my neck and i learn from you because it is you're gentle and humble and i'll find rest for my soul Forgive me for hardening my heart. Lord, forgive me for uh, ingratitude, being ungrateful, being an attention getter. And, Lord, forgive me for being addicted to anything, addicted to caffeine or anything else, Lord, that I let control me. You said becomes my master. And, Lord, I forgive my forefathers for all these things that I've um, confessed. Uh, I break soul ties with all my forefathers. I sever every cord of control linking their souls to mine. I call back my soul and spirit, a human spirit from them, send back their souls and human spirits back to them. I exchange their image for the image of Christ. I break generational curses, soul tie curses, cultural curses in the name of Jesus of everything I've confessed. And now I command every demonic power to leave every person who's listening in. I bind the strong man over every life. I break the power of fear, doubt, unbelief, worry, anxiety, tension, stress, nervousness, sickness, distress, disease, despair, hopelessness. I break the power of despondency. I break the power of cancer. I break the power of lung problems in the name of Jesus. I break the power of the hardening of the the lining of the lungs in the name of Jesus. 
I break the power of unbelief and doubt, lies and lying. I break the power of rebellion and antichrist, mind control, witchcraft. I break the power of Leviathan. I break the power of pride. I break the power of anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, hatred, malice, heresy. I break the power of drunkenness. I break the power of witchcraft, sorcery, pharmacia. In the name of Jesus, I break the power. I bind the strong man. I bind all of these spirits. I bind you, rebuke you, and command you to listen, leave. Command you to listen and leave every person that I have, have every person who's prayed that prayer with me. I command you to leave now in the name, power, blood, and by the authority of Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, fill me with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. And I'm just going to wait a little bit and tell you a little bit about the ministry. And if you would like prayer, again, if you'll call in to 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press 1. And I'll be happy to pray for you. And... um and so I'm just going to wait, but tell you a little bit about the ministry. Um, I, I do a seminar every month in Duncanville. The next one is May the 13th in Duncanville, Texas. Email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net to confirm that you are coming. And, the, and the, my email address is g, like George, E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at s, like Sam, b, like boy, C, like cat, global.net. Email me, and uh, you can also, I'll put you on my email list. You can go to my website, jerrymcgee.com, and that's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com, and there's lots of free CDs you can listen to. There's CDs you can order. There's books uh, you can order. Clearing the Land is a little repentance book, and you can actually get deliverance if you go through the little clearing the land book. I think it's $5 and I don't know what the shipping is on it, but um, you can order that online. You can order tapes and books online. I've written another book, a little book called a resetting life's negative reaping patterns. We all have a set of reaping and it just shows you that how you can change bad reaping to positive reaping. Uh, I've written a little book on grief um, Exchanging Sorrow to Joy, another book um, on spiritual warfare prayers. If you find that you're being attacked and and witches and warlocks and Satanists are putting curses on you, it it shows you how to pray against the the curses that are coming against you, the assignments that are coming against you. If you'd like to schedule a seminar in your area, you can contact me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. And um, I will go wherever the Lord leads. I don't feel led to go internationally because it costs money to do that, and I haven't had the finances to to travel internationally. And I just feel like there that sometimes people in other countries are more farther ahead of Americans. The American church is really sick. Uh, very few places are teaching repentance or even teaching the Word of God. Um, but back to my schedule, too, um, uh, I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp uh, May the 25th through the 28th. Uh, I'll also be there June the 30th through July 4th. I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp again August 
the 31st through September the 3rd through the, for the Labor Day camp. Uh, I'll be in York, Pennsylvania, September 28th through 30th, and I'll be in Corpus Christi, Texas, uh, sometime in September. That date's not been scheduled. And but it'll probably be the first or the, let's see, probably the first or third uh, weekend, guessing, just guessing. Um, but but if you'll uh, go on my website and sign up for my email, I'll send out flyers even when I'm going to be on the radio. Also do a radio program twice a month for Omega Man Radio. And so um, also if you'd like to give to the ministry, if you've been blessed, uh, we appreciate all the gifts you can send. Uh, I don't take a salary. I do this just because I love the Lord, but we do have expenses. We have an office. Uh, we have electricity. I have a secretary I have to pay. And so also when we have books printed, it's expensive. So anyway, if you can help us, uh, you can just go to jerrymcgee.com, and there's a place where you can send a gift through PayPal. And I also want to mention uh, Dorothy Carruthers, who is sponsoring this program, if if her, uh, the other teachers, she has other teachers on her network, if if you've been blessed by that, I would encourage you to send a gift to her uh, because she finances this, and, and you can send her a gift by sending it to D for Dorothy, but just send dchurchy1 at hotmail.com, and you can send a gift through PayPal. Well, I thank you so much for listening in. I hope you'll listen again the first um, the first Tuesday of May from 6 to 8 p.m. Central t- Time. And also uh, I'll be on Omega Man the next two weeks. If you'd be interested in listening in then, I'll send you a flyer if you'll sign up for my email. And be sure if you've been blessed, I'd appreciate you if you'd just email me and tell me uh, what the Lord's done in your life. Or if you have any questions, I'll be glad to answer your emails. And thank you so much. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may he make his face shine upon you. In Jesus' name. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.